0: Okay. Fourth Sunday in Advent, which means Christmas Day, is almost here. And I'm sure most of us have identified how we feel about the season right now. Many of us are worn out, and we're looking forward to some downtime and a chance to relax and catch our breath. Many of us are excited by the season, ready to celebrate with the family. And many of us are just done with 2020, and we are just ready to move on. Hindsight, they say, is always 2020. Fine, just as long as 2020 is in my hindsight. But the season of Christmas is always a prime opportunity for making memories and telling stories from our past that remind us of who we are, how we got here, and all those who come and go in our lives. There are plenty of funny stories of mishaps and surprises, those sad stories of loss and grief, and meaningful stories that cement moment in our lives that we will never, ever forget. This time of year, I'm reminded of a good friend who came to my rescue when I got stuck on the roof hanging up the Christmas lights. I remember the first time my grandfather let me help him hand out the Christmas presents. I remember the first Christmas celebrated without a beloved family member. And I remember the first Christmas I celebrated as a new father. There are many stories, and it is my hope and my prayer that you all get a chance to share some of those stories this Christmas season and maybe even make some new ones as well. But, you know, a good source of stories during the Christmas season usually happens with a Christmas tree. Getting the Christmas tree or setting up the Christmas tree always comes with a story. You either retell an old story from Christmas past, or you end up making a new one right then and there as it's happening. It doesn't matter if it's a real tree, fake tree, pre-lit tree, a palm tree, Or even if you don't have a tree, there's a story behind it. And I love it. Now, my family may know, I I know I may grumble a little as our family is like setting it all up, stringing up the lights, hanging up all the ornaments, but I'll admit it, it's all a front. I totally get into it, and it just fills me up with cheer every time. And when it's all finished, you turn off the room lights, and you step back, and you gaze in awe... At the side of it. And that's when I start to reflect on how this illustration of a Christmas tree reminds me of the reason for the season that God sent us, Jesus Christ, into the world, the Word made flesh, the light of the world. And just as we profess that Jesus was God's gift given to all of us, we have that light inside of us, and we, in turn, shine that light for others to illuminate the dark. And so, I see those Christmas lights on the tree there, shining the light of Christ. I see that as us, reflecting off the ornaments, the ribbons, the tinsels, as if reflecting the love, joy, peace, and hope of Christ. And it is beautiful. Beautiful. And I believe that's how the people of God, the church, should present ourselves to one another and to the world, this beautiful example that exudes the love, joy, peace, and hope of Christ, because we know the story of how God so loved the world that he gave his only son to take away the sins of the world, the perfect gift, who not only washed away our sins, but taught us and showed us how to truly love one another whether that's friends or family, strangers, and even our enemies. And when you get into that holiday mood, that reason for the season feeling, it is heartwarming. It is joyful. And it it is as if we can see the glimpses of the kingdom of God here on earth, surrounded by the love of God. (sighs) But you know, Life isn't always that perfect. As a matter of fact, I'd say that life is never that perfect. And neither is a Christmas tree. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The back of the Christmas tree. It doesn't matter if it's a real tree, a fake tree, a prelit tree, or a palm tree. There's always, always, always at least one spot that is less than perfect. Sometimes just annoyingly off or not quite right, but you can't fix it or cover it up. And many times it's just an eyesore, this big old hole right in the middle of it. And thenceforth it is dubbed the back of the Christmas tree. Now think about this. Even the part of setting up a Christmas tree is making sure that that spot is turned to the back and not in plain sight. We've got to be really careful in our house, actually, because whenever we set up the tree, part of the tree faces into the room where we can see it, but then the windows on the other side for people on the outside to see it, so we've got to turn it just to the right like corner of the room, so hopefully no one will notice that bad spot at the back. Because who wants to see a big gaping hole right in the middle of this beautiful tree that we work so hard on? Put it at the back and maybe no one will notice. Look, I get it. Just like perfect and beautiful Christmas trees, we Christians are supposed to be these beautiful and happy images that bear the light of Jesus to the world and draw others into Christ. But we know on the other side of that beautiful front, on the back side, is a part we don't want others to see. There's that gaping hole that shows the bare bark, the misshapen limb, and the lights and the ornaments just don't seem to cover it up. Those spots on the back of the tree are where life hasn't been so pretty. Maybe it's something that happened to us, or someone we loved, a tragedy, a loss. Maybe it's something someone has done to us, a hurt or a betrayal, Maybe it's something we have done to ourselves or something we have done to another. And it has left this gaping hole right to our core. We can't let anyone see that. Hide it at the back of the tree. But we know God doesn't let us hide alone in the dark. As we read from the Gospel of John in verse 4, the Word gave life. Everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, this may seem a little strange, but I have actually thought a lot about the bad spots of Christmas trees. From whenever I was a little kid with our artificial tree, to right now whenever we go out and pick out a live Christmas tree with the family. And here's what I've noticed. I can use them. So much so that I've come actually to rely on those spots. Here's the thing. When you go to set up a Christmas tree, like in the base, whether it's a real one or fake one, whatever, I'm sure many of you have been right there with me before, trying to align it, stick it up so it is straight. It usually takes me probably about four or five tries with Sarah looking on to make sure that I actually got it straight up and down and it's not tilted one way or the other. But I've got to get that thing straight in the base. Where do I grab i reach for that ugly spot. It's easy to see where to grab it because I can go straight to the trunk, to the core to help me center it. I can do this because going for that spot will make sure that I'm not gonna damage the other branches around it as well. And when I finally get a thing in that base and I need to maybe spin the tree around or make sure I know that, hey, here's the bad spot, I need to make sure it's facing the right direction, maybe move it closer to the window, farther away, where am I reaching? I'm reaching for that spot. And where do you think I stuff all the extra wires that, you know, whenever you're connecting two sets of lines, the first strand from the second strand together, that spot, I have to put them all back in that spot or I'm never going to find that connection to power the tree again. I rely on that spot to help me set the tree the way that I need it to be. And here's where you know I get a little more quirky as well. If any friends or family come over and we get to talking about Christmas trees and decorations, at some point, I'm more than likely to say, hey, come check out this spot at the back of the tree. I know it's weird, but every year when we go out to pick out a tree, I want it to look good. Don't get me wrong. I want a nice looking tree. But I'm also looking for that one spot. So I know where the back of the tree is going to be. And so I can make sure that I can reach in, safely grab the tree without damaging anything else and set it how I want it to be. I can work with that. I believe that God can work that way in our lives as well. Where we see this barren, useless gap in our lives, the Father sees a place to reach in, grab hold of us, and direct us where we need to go. God does not cast aside Any of us, because of our sins, our wounds, our scars. Instead, He uses those places so we can find forgiveness, healing, grace, mercy, and guidance. Think about the disciple Peter who, you know, would deny Jesus three times and how that must have hurt him to his heart, the pain and memories that he bore from that. But Jesus later reached out to him, offered him that grace, that forgiveness, that way back to him, and made him a cornerstone on whom he would build his church. Those bad spots at the back of the tree are places where God can do the most beautiful work. So, am I saying we need to spin the tree around and put all those imperfections on display front and center? No. Okay, well, maybe if you're that Charlie Brown Christmas tree, maybe then, but that's about the only exception. Otherwise, no. Jesus is the light of the world. Christ lives within us, so we are to shine his light to the world. Yes, display the pretty part of the Christmas tree, the joy, the love, the acceptance that comes with knowing Christ. But not just to put all the pretty stuff in front, not to pretend we're something that we're not. Instead, accepting All that we are, the front and the back, all that we've been through, and trusting that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And it's not like we're going to get a chance to show everyone in the world. Our lives, I think, sometimes are like Christmas trees set in front of a window. Many people in our lives. Thousands upon thousands will see it only briefly and pass by. But a much smaller number will come in and get to see the whole picture, the real tree, and what it's all about. So let the light of Christ draw them in and then invite them closer to the story of what makes this tree unique. I believe that If we allow others into that intimate place in our lives, we, yes, do run the risk of rejection. But I believe it's more likely a place where God can work within the hearts of others to open up and say, hey, I've got a spot like that on the back of my Christmas tree as well. And here is the kicker. Come Christmas Day, and it's time for presents, What's always at the back of the Christmas tree? It is that one special gift that you're hiding until the end. You don't start off with the best present front and center. No, you hide it at the back of the Christmas tree. Because every good gift giver knows the best gifts are hidden where you least expect them. In those hidden spots in your life. What gift is God waiting to give you? And what gift are you able to give to someone with an empty hole in the back of their Christmas tree? So friends, I ask this of you. Let your words, let your actions, let your very lives shine that beautiful and joyful light of Christ so that others may see it and find hope And sense that peace that comes from God. And then, when we have the chance to get close, to get real with someone. Maybe it's a family member, a friend, neighbor, or stranger. Invite them to see the back of the Christmas tree. Where life has exposed our failures, our fears, our hardships, our brokenness. And where God has reached in and reached through to the very heart of us and grabs us and holds us and turns us where we need to be. And there we can share the best gift of all at the back of the Christmas tree, the gift and love of Jesus Christ. Amen.